Yelich sends one to right center and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here and go! For Yelich! He has tied the game with a booming home run. He got it all. Tied up 4-4 on a big home run the pitch. Ryan Braun sends it to right center and deep. Get up! Monday and you're listening to this podcast, congratulations. It was an emotionally draining weekend between the Brewers and some dramatics on Saturday and Sunday and the Milwaukee Bucks on Saturday evening, winning in overtime against the Brooklyn Nets. Man, that was one heck of a game. I think the city of Milwaukee, state of Wisconsin, however you want to phrase it, definitely needed that victory. And it was just so taxing on our bodies in a good way, in a very good way. I'm glad that sports does that. But man, I'm going to feel like I'm on Monday morning here walking into like Wednesday or Thursday, just how drained I am, Uh, even though, you know, I probably wish it'd be Wednesday. That way the Eastern Conference Finals could be underway and we could know who the Bucks are playing. uh, Game seven against the, the Hawks and the 76ers has not happened as I'm recording this. But yeah, make sure you are cheering on the Bucks and also staying up to date with the Brewers here. They are currently tied for first place again here, 40 and 32 after a series split against the Rockies over the weekend. Actually going back to last Thursday. So let's go through our game recaps here. That first one on Thursday, as I mentioned, was a 7-3 loss. Some bad two-out luck for Brandon Woodruff to begin this game, which is really weird because in in the game prior, uh, if you go back to last week Wednesday when Freddy Peralta was on the mound, all the runs he gave up, which was only two of them, came on two out rallies. And in this game with Woodruff on the mound, all five of his earned runs came in the first inning, all with two outs. So with a runner on first, Trevor Story reached an infield single that was hit right up the middle. Adamas made an incredible diving play, but the shuffle uh, pass over to second base was off the mark to get the force out, and that extended the inning. Woodruff then walked Ryan McMahon, which set up C.J. Crone, who hit an opposite field grand slam on a fastball that caught way too much of the plate. Garrett Hampson, the next batter, then hit a solo homer to make it 5-0. Defense in this game was terrible. Four errors for the Brewers in this one. And oddly enough, only one of the errors ended up costing them a run. But Urias had two throwing errors, Adamas had one, and then Avisil Garcia had a fielding error in right field. That was in the sixth inning when he allowed a single to turn into a double, which then came around to score. The Brewers' only three ends of this game came off one swing of the bat in the seventh. Three straight walks from the Rockies' relief pitcher Bowden set up Luis Urias, who on the first pitch hit a bases-clearing double into left center, and that was all we had in this game. Game two was a 6-5 to five loss in 10 innings, a very frustrating game in which Burns was not a sharpest, especially through the first two innings as he gave up five hits and a walk during that time frame, but did allow just one run at that time. 
He did strike out the side in the fourth, and I thought he was starting to look back to his normal self. He's starting to find his pitches. But then in the fifth, he gave up a run, and ultimately was pulled with just one out in the sixth inning, in which Brett Suter came in relief for him. Offensively, the Brewers had a 4-1 lead at one point for Burns, which is, yes, surprising. <laughs> Luis Urias had a no-doubt solo shot in the third, and then we added three more runs in the fifth inning. JBJ had a two-RBI double. Vogelbach had a lucky hit as he hit a routine grounder that should have ended the inning right at Ryan McMahon, but he booted it, and that allowed a run to score. That's how we got to four. And then upon Suter finishing Burns' sixth inning, the game was tied at four until the Rockies got one off Boxberger in the seventh. So with uh, the Rockies up here now in the ninth, the Brewers actually tied the game on three pitches due to back-to-back doubles. Eventually would load the bases in the ninth with just one out and the infield drawn in. And of course, Colton Wong comes up to the plate and can't hit it past the defenders. So the go-ahead run is cut down at home. And then Derek Fisher struck out to end the Brewers' ninth inning rally. Really felt like we we obviously left a lot out there in that ninth inning. Leaving the bases loaded that late in the game always sucks. Uh, Especially because as we go to extra innings, Christian Yelich was robbed of a base hit uh, due to a diving catch in center field. And then, of course, in typical Brewers fashion, C.J. Crone, the Brewers killer in the first two games and really all series, singled off Devin Williams. He was the first batter in the bottom of the 10th, and that is how the Rockies walked it off in Game 2 on Friday. Game 3 was a 6-5 win. (laughs) And man, it, this is the game I was talking about when the when the Bucks were going on at the same time. Very emotionally draining as well. Brewers put up two runs in the first inning after Damas swapped places with Urias at second, and then obviously Garcia hit an RBI grounders fielder's choice. Rockies come right back. Two runs in the bottom of the first inning, and then in the second inning, the Rockies added another run, so they go up three to two. And then in the top of the third, the Brewers go, hey, we'll we'll tie it back up again. So just back and forth here in these first three innings. Game would actually remain tied until the fifth inning. Rockies tacked two runs on to go up five to three here at this point. And the Brewers would get one back in the seventh and eventually entered the ninth down a run. So it's four to five. And that's when Willie Adamas worked his magic again. This time he hits an opposite field home run to give the Brewers a 6-5 lead. That was his fourth hit of the day. His other three hits were doubles, and that set up a, a Josh Hader save situation who did issue a walk but got his 18th save of this of the season there. This four-hit game from Willie Adamas was his third four-hit game as a Brewer. This performance was just the fifth time in franchise history that a player recorded four extra base hits in a game, and... Willie Damas joined Damian Miller, uh, who had also had three doubles and a homer in 2006 as the only p- other player in franchise history to have that kind of stat line. And then game four, another very wild one, this time a 7-6 victory. It didn't really start off as a wild game. The Brewers came out hitting. They had four hits, all singles in the first inning, ended up taking a 2-0 lead. We then tacked more runs on. Uh, courtesy of Colton Wong hitting a two-run homer in the second and then an RBI single in the fourth. In fact, Wong was in ambush mode. His first three at-bats, he swung at all for all three of the pitches. <laughs> so in three at-bats, three pitches seen, he had two singles, a homer, and three RBIs. Uh, Eric Lauer, speaking of weird things, laid down three sack bunts in this game, in which his last one was an RBI sack bunt in the sixth. And that's what made it 6-0. to zero. 
and that's really when things got weird. <laughs> For the Rockies in the sixth inning, off of Lauer, Godley, and Milner, they collected eight hits and four homers, and all of a sudden the game is tied, just like that. You never know what to expect at Coors, and that would be the score until the ninth inning when on-base Jace led off with a single. He then stole second and was singled home by Dan Vogelbach. There was a play at the plate, but Peterson took out the catcher's legs and he was safe. And then we used Brad Boxberger in the ninth, who allowed a two-out single to Trevor Story, threw a million pitches over to first base to prevent him from stealing, and then eventually got Charlie Blackman to ground out to end the game. Josh Hader was unavailable for this one. A lot of controversy among Brewer fans with this. Hader had thrown just 24 pitches in the past two days. He had worked in back-to-back games. On Saturday night, he threw just seven pitches. And we've seen Hader work three appearances in a row this year. Uh, If he would have done it this series, it would have been his third time doing it. But Brewers elected not to do that. He's had a a heavy workload, would be my guess, as why they decided not to do that. We still have three more games coming up against the Diamondbacks and Brad Boxberger had only worked just once this series, so why not kind of even out the workload between pitchers in that regard? So anyway, it it works out because Boxberger got the save, and that is now, I believe, his second save here with the Brewers, at least saves, typical saves coming in the ninth inning. And I really don't have a problem with the Brewers not using Josh Hader in that situation. We need to save him. I think maybe there will be a time where he starts to work those multi-innings like we've seen in the past. Obviously, they made it clear entering this season that that's not what they were going to do early on. And it makes sense. It's a long season. You want It's paid dividends to have Hader go out in three straight games. He did it against the Dodgers. And I think he did it against the Dimebacks last time, if I recall correctly, if it was that series. Or maybe it was the Reds. But anyway, he, he makes a difference when he pitches in those games, and we're able to get there. Devin Williams is looking a lot better after a rough start to the, the season. He actually struck out the side here on Sunday's finale. That airbender looked really, really good. Like for this, this series against the Rockies, starting pitching was probably the biggest like meh point. Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns just did not look particularly sharp. You can say, oh, they're in Coors, the ball carries more. But, you know, the other part that's kind of underrated about Coors Field is balls break differently. Like, pitchers kind of have to adjust, you know, what kind of pitches they're going to throw, how they're going to throw them. Woodruff, when he was out there, said he couldn't get his slider to work, so he's throwing a lot more curveballs and a lot more changeups. Corbin Burns out there uh, for his second start in a row, couldn't get his cutter to work. Um, so he ended up throwing more sliders, actually, compared to his cutter. So they're they're making adjustments on the fly up here in Coors. Uh, Adrian Hauser went six innings but gave up nine hits. So the Rockies were just hitting them all over. He got tagged for five earned runs. And Eric Lauer looked, I, I'm going to call it sharp here, at least throughout his first five innings of work. The sixth inning, like I mentioned, was obviously very rough. But he had the backdoor cutter working early on in this game. He only gave up five hits and a walk. Uh, Gets tagged with three earned runs, ultimately, but struck out five. Uh, Not a bad performance there by Lauer. Uh, In the end, you know, I'm I'm happy because he's our sixth starter right now. So, like, what more do you want from a sixth starter? 
But otherwise, the back end of the bullpen was really good in this one. Boxberger, as I mentioned, worked two innings, gave up a hit, walk, struck out two, uh, did give up an earned run, and recorded one save. Devin Williams worked two innings in this series here. He did end up getting the loss in extra innings to C.J. Crone, um, but that, of course, is an unearned run. But still, regardless, he was on the mound. But he went two innings, uh, struck out three batters. Josh Hader went two innings, struck out two, recorded a save. And very under the radar is Trevor Richards, who we acquired in that raise trade with Willie Adamas. He has looked really good as of late. In fact, if you go back to his last six appearances they've all been scoreless he's thrown eight innings in that time frame struck out 10 batters are hitting 0.083 against him so that's two for 24 he had that in that mix there and then that credible in this incredible stretch is that outing where he bailed corbin burns out of that bases loaded situation a couple series ago so good stuff out of him and other positives here from the series the offense continues to draw a crap ton of walks you take a look at players with five walks in this series. Christian Yelch and JBJ both had five. Omar Narvaez had three. Luis Urias had two. And altogether, as a team, the Brewers drew 18 walks Thursday through Sunday. So that's you know over averaging over four walks per game. That's quite impressive. And they've really been doing this all year. We are currently have the seventh most walks in the MLB. We're at 263. The Dodgers are at first at 309. I think that's a good spot for the Brewers to be, especially because everyone likes to harp on the fact that, hey, we have like really low, one of the lowest batting averages out there. We can't hit with runners in scoring position, but we're getting runners on base. And, and when you get some timely hitting, uh, that, that's going to go a long ways. And that's what we, we saw out of the, the Brewers' hot stretch before we ended up losing five in a row uh, was timely hitting. And, and in, order to, in order to have timely hitting, you have to get runners on base. And the Brewers seem to have a knack of getting runners on via the walk. Uh, a lot of patient hitters here. But otherwise, guys who had some crazy stat lines over these last four games, Luis Urias, 7 of 15, one homer, two doubles, four RBIs. Willie Adamas, 6 of 17, four doubles, one homer, four RBIs. And then, yeah, even Christian Yelich, 4 of 14, two RBIs, the five walks, like I mentioned. Colton Wong, returning from the aisle, just started hitting right away. 4 of 11 this series, his first three games back, had a homer and three runs batted in. Obviously, it would be nicer to get a few other guys stepping up. Dan Vogelbach cooled off a little bit compared to normal, only 2 of 13 over these last four games. Did have a clutch RBI on Sunday that was the go-ahead single. But he's still seeing a ton of pitches, even in this 2 of 13 little, we're going to call it a mini slump here. He's remaining patient at the plate. He's drawing a lot of pitches so hopefully the results will start to come back to where he was earlier. We know he's not going to hit for a high average. He's what, like a career 200 hitter, 210, somewhere around there. But if you're able to, to rack up some pitch counts and, and get on base, I, I think that's a good spot for him to be in that two-hole spot. I know a lot of Brewer fans this weekend or over this five-game losing streak we had were like, I don't understand why he's there, but it makes sense. He gets on base. You have Christian Yelch who can hopefully 
some someday here soon get back to his power swing and then that's an easy way to get Vogelbach into home because otherwise what running the bases can be very entertaining <laughs> there's a lot of a lot of value in watching him uh, motor around the base paths and in fact Willie Adamas got him to do the jumping high five when he hit that go ahead homer in the ninth Yes, the reports are Vogelbach did get a couple inches off the ground, so he does indeed have a vertical. <laughs> uh, so that, that definitely made my day to hear about that. And Vogelbach's just going to continue to be that guy at first base right now. We don't really have a lot of other options. If you're following minor league baseball, I'm sure you've heard all the rave over Keston Hira down in the minor leagues again. He's been back down there for 10 games and just... He is ripping the cover off the ball in 36 at-bats. He has collected 14 hits, two homers, two doubles, seven RBIs. He's drawn nine walks, which I think is key. His two homers came on Sunday here on Father's Day. They both were to the opposite field. So if you want to do the good old slash line there, that's a 389 average. 5.11 on base percentage, 6.11 slugging percentage in, of course, just 10 games. But this is about the time frame where they brought him up the first time after we demoted him. Not going to be the case this time. The Brewers have made it very clear that they're going to give him some space to work on things down there in the minor league. So, yeah, encouraging again. It's encouraging to see those results come in for him. But he's got 11 strikeouts during this time frame. So that's near a 30% average. That's the thing he needs to work on there, that two-strike approach, putting the ball in play more often. We need him to, to be a hitter again, and we need something to translate over back up to the major league level because it did not do that last time, and it's going to take time. He's going to be there at least till the All-Star break for sure. So maybe we'll check in on him again, and maybe when this sample size doubles or even triples just to kind of see what's going on there. But otherwise, we have the Diamondbacks coming up here next. Three games against them. We swept them last time, and in fact, the Diamondbacks have lost 17 games in a row now. They just lost their young catcher, Carson Kelly. He's heading to the injured list, so I would expect to see Steven Vogt behind the home plate. And everyone's like, hey, it's going to be an easy series, right? Diamondbacks are, they're god-awful. I don't know what to tell you guys, but I would not get my hopes up for a sweep. Sweeping in baseball is hard, and when you've lost as much as the Diamondbacks has, if the Brewers were to sweep them, that'd be 20 straight losses in a row. That's just so hard to be that bad. Odds are, out of these next three games, they're going to win one of them. Baseball is just such a weird sport. <laughs> It is very unpredictable. And you take a look at, if you want to just focus around the National League, uh, Kyle Schwarber entering this weekend had like 13 homers and then he had five over the weekend. So now he's at 18. I don't want anyone to be very upset if all of a sudden we drop game one against the Dimebacks because there, it might happen. It might happen. Uh, but I would definitely want us to win this series. We have an off day on Thursday. That'll be you know, the first one in a long time. And then we don't get an off day until the all-star break, if I remember correctly. So a lot of games coming up here. Yes, we want to capitalize on these games. Hopefully we're able to, we hit the ball really well against the Diamondbacks last time. I'd like to see us, 
continue to do that, put up some more runs. I want to see our starting pitching get back on track. That that five-game losing streak really just kind of threw everybody through a whirlwind because we'd been playing so well, and we, then we just lost it. So hopefully we get back on track here with a series win against Diamondbacks. And I'll be back to recap that one. So the series is ending on Wednesday. Podcast will be coming out on Thursday. Make sure you stay tuned for that. Check out Built Bar. Built Bar. Uh, use the promo code Trilogy to get 10% off your first order. We are working with them. Make sure you're checking out Reviewing the Brew. Make sure you check out Wisconsin Sports Heroics to stay up to date on all of the latest news regarding the Milwaukee Brewers. And I'll be back on Thursday. Talk to you later, Brewer fans.